And it is because we, as the church, has allowed the world's thinking to influence us. We've allowed it into our own marriages, our own lives, and our own homes. And we, we want to begin to shift that as, as much as possible. Now, there's no way that we're going to be able to cover all the details of these subjects. There are always exceptions. There are um, particular situations and conditions that may demand attention, you know, in, in, a, in a different facet. But the principle holds the same. The overall view holds the same. So we want to look at some decisions that will help define our marriage. Define our marriage. And how we answer these questions in your own mind as a spouse will greatly impact the long, uh, not the longevity of the marriage, but, well, definitely longevity of the marriage, but how the marriage turns out over time is what I'm trying to say. The first question that you and I need to ask as husbands and wives is who is going to be in control of our lives. That is very important. Because depending on who controls your life. Governs. Your response. To everyone. That you interact with. You interact with. Will we follow God's design. As a husband. And a wife. Two questions. Who is going to be in control of my life? And am I willing to follow God's plan? All this is in the little sheet I gave you guys. And if you're here and you don't have, I think Brother Mata is trying to get everybody. The, are we out? Okay, I didn't think we'd need that many. Oh, ye of little faith. Having Christ... Uh, at the foundation of not only our lives, but our marriage makes a huge difference. Can you say amen? Our husbands, of course, I'm making this personal for you, so my husband, but husbands and I are both able to draw on God's strength and wisdom. The closer we, or you, become to Christ, the closer you will become to one another. Now, let's get into scripture here just a little bit. Let me make another preference to this. As we read these scriptures and we talk about them just a little bit here today you're going to have a lot of questions. 
Because in every marriage is a totally different set of variables. Where you live, how you were raised, did you have a father, did you not have a father, mother, no mother, uh, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. There are so many aspects of life that affect who we are as people, how we think and how we react to one another. But I want to stress again, the principle remains the same. No matter what variableness may be in your personal life, the principle of God's word remains the same. The application doesn't change. How it is applied to you as an individual in particular circumstances, circumstances may alter slightly on how it is applied to me and operates within my marriage with my wife. But the overall principle doesn't change. Our problem is we've lost the principle of the, man, of the message. The sum of the message has been eroded and taken out of modern marriage. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1. First set of scriptures in your hands. Paul the apostle says to the church of Corinth. Now, I understand that Paul was not married. And some people say, and actually that's debatable um, by some theologians, in case you don't know that. Some believe that Paul the apostle was married at one time. And Pete says he's one of those. Uh, believe that he was married at one time. And it is why he had such an insight. Uh, with marriage plus because of certain things politically and religiously that were in line for Apostle Paul he had to be married in order however he's certainly not married here or not abiding with his wife we're not going to get into all of that be you followers of me even as I also am of Christ now I praise you brethren that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances. Remember, we've been teaching about the importance of doctrine. The world has done away with the doctrine. The religious world has done away with doctrine. They're saying, you know, just love God. Don't worry about doctrine. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my you know, the Great Commission, what did he tell his people? Go you unto all the world doing what? Teaching them to what? Obey, right? <laughs> Obey what? All of his teachings, his doctrine. Okay, we're not going to uh, get sidetracked. We have too much to cover. Keeping the ordinances as I deliver them to you. But I would have you know. That the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman 
is the man and the head of Christ is God. Now, Paul the Apostle, and we're going to look at other scripture, begins to lay a foundation for a successful marriage. The moment we step out of these roles, we begin to destroy or erode the relationship that God has intended for us to have. Now, I want you to listen to me because I know you. And I know that most of you, your problem in your marriage, part of it, let me rephrase that, very small part, almost insignificant, you can hardly tell, is some stubborn women. I'm afraid not, Joe. Your wife's one of the most submitted women. Because you're still living, bro. Now, don't let pastor offend you because we're going to get to the husbands in a moment, all right? When I use the word stubborn, this is what I'm really trying to say. You are not allowing your husband to be or play or live within the role that God has designed him to be. Now, I know we're not perfect. I saw in the mirror I had an eyebrow out of place today. I pushed it back in and everything was fine. <laughs> I know we're not perfect, ladies. We are a long ways from it. In fact, I'll tell you, Sometimes between 30 years ago and now, I remember a, a sister came into the office and she had a, a list of things that were wrong with her husband. She came in and, and there was about eight or nine of them. So I was reading this list. I was going through this list and I just kind of chuckled. And she said, Pastor, this isn't funny. And I said, no, ma'am, it's not. I said, the problem is you're describing me. I said, I I'm reading this list and I'm like, dude, this is me. You know, all, all the way. I said, in fact, you've just described 95% of every man I've ever known. Yep, this, is, this is just a man that <laughs> you're describing here. Selfish. You know, I mean, she just went down the line, you know, and um, uh, okay, so we'll deal with that in a little bit. Come back to that. However, if we do not start on this foundation, nothing else we try to do will work. If you do not start in your relationship with the wife being submitted to the husband, 
then you are starting on a very rocky foundation. Now, I know culture um, can affect this. In the, from what I have seen, um, in the Jamaican culture, do I have any Jamaicans here today? I'm just going to pick on you because I don't know, it could be the same many other cultures around the world. But it seems to me that the men, not picking on you, Brother Kwashi, the men seem to be a little laid back and the women seem to be a little more forward. Am I right? Did I kind of nail that? Okay. In general. Okay. So pay attention to me. I understand that cultures play a role. But God's word supersedes all cultures. Amen? So if you're raised in a culture, whether it's Jamaican or any other, Ireland, I don't know, anywhere in the world, that Russian, I think the Russian women are pretty strong maybe, I don't know, Seems like it, you know, just Russians. Amazon, right? All the Amazon, right? Out in the Amazon somewhere. Okay. Whatever. That is an area that you have to learn to submit to God's word. Just like the other cultures have to learn to submit to God's word, right? So maybe there's some cultures that leans to the men being abusive. They're out there. There are cultures where the women are considered of lesser value, right? So you, you come into the house of God, you pray through, you're one over to the Lord. You must submit that culture to the word of God. And if your marriage is going to be like God wants it to be, the very first layer of foundation is that the man and woman must take their place in this relationship. Anything outside of this will eventually destroy or hinder your marriage. Now listen to me. There is no question that there are women that are stronger in personality. Strong in personality. That does not mean you can't submit to your husband. We're not asking you to lay down and be a puppy. There's a big difference. You be who God called you to be. Be strong in the spirit. Be bold in God. Do what God's called you to do. But when it comes to your marriage, you submit to that man and let him rule or God will not honor anything else that you do.
That's tough teaching, ain't it? We'll get on the men in a minute. I promise you, it's 1030. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with the guys here shortly because i got some brother that needs some help. I'm just kidding. So we're, we're not saying stop being who you are. We're saying take who you are and submit it to the principle of God's word. In fact, the gift and ability that God has given you, sister, if that is strong and forward, to get things taken care of that God's called you to do. He will empower you even more. If you will submit to the head that he put in your life. And I don't want to hear. No, I don't. Stop saying it. I can hear you right now. Well, if he'd step up and be the man, well, if you'd get your foot off his neck, he might get up off the ground. So what did I tell you from the beginning? Do not point your finger at your spouse and say, you be the man or you be the woman that God's called you to be. You take care of you. You become the man. You become the woman that God's called you to be biblically and see what will happen. Well, I tried it for two days and he didn't change. That's about how much patience. It's not a time limit. It's a life. You're not doing something God's way for a certain amount of time to find out if it works. You're doing something God's way till he takes your last breath. No matter the result of the other side. All right. Amen. Okay. Continue or I won't get to the real source of the problem, the men. Okay, so. <laughs> see, we identified a problem here, sister. All right, Ephesians 5.22. Wives. Submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Okay, you ready for this? If you submit yourself to the man of God more than you do your own husband, you are in sin. I want you to think about that. In fact, you cannot truly submit to God or the man of God if you are not submitting to your husband. All right? I, I, see, I can, I can feel it. Man, it's strong. And we're just battling against culture right now. Society, with how they have plagued our marriages. And I, I'm, I'm not saying submit to sin, right? God never expects anyone to submit to sin. Your husband says, come on, we're going to go boar hopping. God doesn't expect you to go boar hopping. Bar hopping, how do you say it? Right? God first, husband. Okay, we understand that. I think you can use a little wisdom. I don't have to deal with every issue, do I? All right, some of y'all like use this to, you know, 
get all excited. You can't wait for your husband to ask you to do something the pastor preaches against so you can justify doing it, saying you were submitted to your husband. Oh, the messes we have to deal with. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. You know, if you would stop doing things that is your husband's responsibility, it might help force him into the role. Maybe. Therefore, he says, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in almost everything. In the convenient things. Is that Brother Powell talking? Okay, so foundation number one, single ladies. We have any single ladies here? If you're not willing to submit to this, do not get married. You're just going to create chaos. How do I know if I'm able to submit to this? Are you able to submit completely to God while you're single? If you are, you will be able to submit to this. So just my ladies that are married. Nah, my singles can say it too. Repeat after Pastor Kyle. The Lord commands me to submit to my husband. So then you say, and we're not going to deal with this. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, why don't you get on your knees and talk to God and let him help you? Because your marriage is different than their marriage. And God, if you're true in your heart, and I'm telling you, you will see such a miraculous change in your marriage by taking this step right here and submitting to your husband. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives. Foundation two. Foundation one is what? Wives, submit. Foundation two. Husbands, love your wives. Now listen to this. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? That he might sanctify 
and cleanse with the washing of water by the word to do what? That he might present it to himself a glorious church, spot or wrinkle, such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Why did he do it? So that he might be able to present himself a glorious bride. So maybe your bride isn't so glorious to you because you haven't learned how to love her the way the Bible tells you to. If we will love our wives the way the word of God commands us to do, our wives will become the most beautiful thing on the planet you will ever see. It's the truth. Infidelity, unfaithfulness is the result of a man not loving his wife the way he should. If you will give her, he laid his life down for his bride. So that kind of takes away, or maybe I should say it this way. I think that kind of brings understanding and fulfillment to the first commandment. Submit to your husbands. If the husband loves the wife the way the Bible commands us to do, she's not going to have a problem submitting to that man and yielding to the things that he demands or requests because he's following Christ. Remember that, right? That's the beginning of that. Following Christ first, right? Okay. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Now, come on, men. You know we haven't succeeded at this. No, Joe. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. No man hateth his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it even as the Lord cherish the church. So, what are the two foundations? Wives, submit to your husbands, right? As the church is submitted to Christ. Husbands, Love your wives as Christ loves the church. Both foundations points back to God and his relationship to the church. And you and I already know and understand within limits the love that Jesus has for his bride. He says, you want to know how you're to submit to your husband? Look at the church to Christ. You want to know how you're supposed to love your wife? Look to the church and how they are to love Christ or Christ. How, look to Christ, I'm sorry, and how he is, how he loves his church. Amen? All right. Um. Gave it himself that he might sanctify and cleanse. We read all of that. Okay. 
So are men to love their wives as their own bodies, he that loveth. For no man ever hath hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. So these are the, the first two foundations that if we don't get right, nothing else that we do matters. So every one of the wives that are here today, it is your obligation and duty to seek the face of God and ask him to begin to teach you and give you wisdom on how to submit yourself biblically unto your husbands. It will change your marriage. And husbands, it is our job to pray and ask God to teach us and give us the wisdom of how to love our wives as he truly loved the church and laid his life down for it. That means everything that I do as a man, I do for my wife and my family everything if that was in your heart you would not complain about how hard you work and you would not be saying to your wife all the time how unappreciative she is of what you do for her if your heart was pure and right before your wife and you were truly loving her as Christ loved the church and you were laying your life down for her then everything that you do is for her and you would not be saying to her you are unappreciative for what I do for you because it would not matter to you you're doing it for her out of love you are protecting her providing for her, loving her. Husbands and wives, listen to me. You cannot get your pleasures, and I'm speaking fleshly, from any other person but your spouse. You're in sin if you do. So how sinful is it if you as a wife withhold yourself from your husband? Because you are the only one God allows for him to receive pleasure from. How sinful is it, sir, if you withhold yourself from your wife? When, she, when you are the only one she can receive pleasures from and be right in the eyes of God. Do you understand that? That's why Paul the Apostle says, Paul doesn't say don't withhold yourself. Paul says your body is not yours. It's your spouse's. Husband, well, let me stay G-rated.
when your wife makes it obvious, first of all, count yourself lucky. <laughs> Secondly, I don't care how busy you are. She is your first obligation. Ladies, when your lion roars, count yourself lucky. Why did you say that? I'm teaching. You did not need to say that. Submit, woman. Okay, just having fun. When your lion roars, you stop whatever you're doing. But I'm not in the mood. You'll get in the mood. It'll happen. Just rub a little bit. I'm sorry, ladies. It's important. How many of you know the moment comes and goes? The older you get, it's a little quicker snap. Right? Moment comes and goes. When the moment comes and it's just one of you, the other better respond. That's what the word is saying. Your body's not your own. You give it to your spouse. Why is that in there? Because God knows how important this is. And he's the one that laid down the law. Only the husband. Brian, are you shaking your head no for some reason? He just shook it no again. <laughs> You're the only one that can give her pleasure and vice versa. So wives, let's start working on this. I'm going to reiterate this again because I hear it all the time. But you don't know my husband. No, but God does. And I'm not the one that gave you the command. And I don't find too many exceptions in that command. He just says, follow him first. So that excuses you from following your husband into anything that would be sin. But outside of sin, he says, you follow your husband. You submit to your husband. And God will take care of the rest for you. So it doesn't matter how strong-willed you are or how forward you are. Your personality or your culture that has produced something in you that you must learn to submit that to your husband. And husbands, we must learn to love our wives. And this kind of all comes together on this last part. Um, and sort of going back to friendship. Matthew 19 and 4. And he answered and said unto them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Our problem, one of our problems in our marriages is we are not truly becoming one. Some of you actually live totally complete separate lives. 
Your wife doesn't even know where you are or when you will be coming home. You are living in sin. Your husband doesn't know where you are or when you're going to come home. You are living in sin. I don't care if you're not committing adultery or doing anything unethical or, or, or immoral. It doesn't matter. You're living in sin. You are putting asunder what God had put together. You and your wife should know everything as humanly possible about one another as time goes. Don't do it all in one day. You'll be divorced the next day. She's like, I ain't staying with that guy. That's a process. Find commonality. If when you got married, she has hobbies, you have hobbies. Put most of those aside. It's no longer about you, right? It's about her. It's about him. Put those aside and find something y'all like to do together. My wife loves to play golf and watch football. I'm so thankful for that. I'm just kidding. Find things that you want to do together. Me and Elizabeth um, nearly do absolutely, if, if possible, everything together. We even go grocery shopping together. She won't let me go alone, I promise you that. During the hurricane, she sent me to, she said, we need bread and what? And eggs. I'm thinking hurricane, 21 days, no power. We need more than bread and eggs. So I come home with Oreos, chocolate chip cookies, bags of chips, popcorn, important things to get you through those days. Baskets of, she's like, bread and eggs, honey. I'm like, is there bread and eggs in that basket? Yes, there is bread and eggs in that basket. Find things to do together. Listen to me. Do things together. Some things, wives, you don't won't necessarily like, but you know your husband loves it. Just submit to it. Husbands, your wife likes basket weaving, crocheting. She's obsessed with it. I suggest you learn how to crochet. Or at least hold the yarn for her. Let's start doing things together. It'll change your marriage. Find things in common. In reality, you should not even be able to enjoy something to its fullness unless your spouse is involved with you. That's what oneness means. How can you enjoy something 100% if the one that you are 100% with is not enjoying it with you? So start 
doing things together. Convince your wife of things she likes. Baby, you love watching football. Have a little voice as she goes to sleep. I love football. I love football. All right, let's stand. I have five minutes till service. Now listen. I only dealt with the principles of things. Do you understand that? We did not get into details because it would be a total waste of time. Everyone's marriage must be formed and molded in the presence of God. How he wants to do that with you. But the foundational principle is wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he laid his life down for it. And become one. Become one. Become one in your finances. You have separate bank accounts. Your pastor personally believes that is wrong. That's my personal opinion. I think a man left up to his own account that the wife's name isn't on it is opening up a door for trouble. Both of you should have access to all of the finances and all of the records. It's not her money and your money. It's your money together. Make sense? Almost? Yeah. After you pay your tithes. 10% of it's God's. If you'll become one in your money, it'll help your marriage more than you can ever imagine. Listen, my wife knows every password. Every password that I have. She knows them better than I do because I forget them. I, gotta, I have to look them up. But she has access to everything that I am. Yeah, I mean, that she knows anyway. No, I'm kidding. I'm just playing, just playing. <laughs> kidding. Open your lives up to one another. It protects you. Become one in your pleasures, one in your monies, one in your time. If you start spending more time with someone else than you're spending with your spouse, you are asking for trouble. It will erode and destroy your marriage. Why? Well, how many of you know love doesn't happen overnight? Love's a process. You might have a funny feeling you call love, but true love is a process. Do you know where it comes from? Experiences. You better follow me. Whatever you have the most experiences with is what you will love the most. If you're spending more time with your buddies or your girls, you're going to fall out of love with your husband or your wife. Love is built on experiences, good and bad. Good and bad. All right. I love you. God bless you. You're the greatest people in the world. Take a few-minute break, and we'll start service here in just a little bit. Lord bless.